Welcome to another great week here on Brit David Podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim shares a message from Luke chapter 11, verses 29 through 32, entitled, The Problem with Seeking Signs. Is it okay to ask God for a sign? What are you looking for in a sign? Proof? Guidance? Direction? God calls us to a life of faith, of belief, of trust. For us, oftentimes, signs are merely shortcuts. We don't want to pay the price of faith. Yet, God calls us to live by faith and not by sight. Here's Pastor Tim. Thank you so much. That's good. Let me let you have a seat right there where you are. Take your Bible. Turn with me today to Luke chapter number 11. As we continue on, we begin today in verse number 29. You know, the Bible calls us to live a life of faith. In fact, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Doesn't matter how much you come to church, doesn't matter how much you give to church, doesn't matter how much you serve through your church, without faith, it is impossible to please God. We want to live a life that pleases God, don't we? And we want to make sure that we get those things right. So do you ever have a, have a problem with really believing God and what He wants you to do and, and, and finding yourself asking Him for some kind of miraculous sign that might confirm your belief or show you some kind of direction? You know, I, you know should, I, should I ask this girl to marry me? Should I take this promotion? Should I put in for this job? Should I, uh, should I go to this church? Should I do... You know, we, we find all kinds of questions that we put before the Lord, and we know that He has a will for us towards those things. And sometimes when we just don't know what to do, suddenly we find ourselves asking God for some kind of sign, and we typically take ourselves back to the story of Gideon. You know? We know that Gideon asked for a sign from the Lord. He, he specifically got some fleece, some wool fleece, laid it out on the ground and said, Okay, Lord, I want to know. If this is really you, then, then in the morning... Let there be dew on the fleece, but the ground be dry. And sure enough, the next morning, there was dew on the fleece, but the ground was dry. And so then he reversed it the next day, didn't he? He said, okay, Lord, uh, I, I think I'm getting the picture. I'm just not sure. You ever feel like that? I feel like I'm getting the picture. I'm just not sure. So today, you know, in the morning when we get up, this time, let the fleece be dry, but everything else be wet. And sure enough, the very next day it was like that. So we take those kind of stories and we say, well, then it's okay for me to ask for a sign when I'm struggling with some kind of decision. Here's the problem. Here's the thing that we miss about the story of Gideon. The, the Bible tells that story, by the way, in Judges chapter 6, and you can go back and read those things for yourself. But listen to how verse number 17 says. What verse number 17 says? It says, Then Gideon said to the Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign, here's the key, that it is you who talk with me. It's not that Gideon didn't know what to do. It's not that Gideon didn't know what God wanted him to do. He was wanting to make sure 
that this is from the Lord. I want to know that this is God speaking to me. Sometimes you say it this way. I want to know that it's God's voice and it's not Satan trying to trick me or it's me trying to come up with something all by myself. So I want to ask God for this great, big, miraculous sign so I'll know what I'm supposed to do. Gideon wasn't so much asking the Lord what to do. He was seeking the voice of God. I want you to know something. You have in your hand right now a greater treasure than Gideon could have possibly possessed. You have the voice of God on paper. The Bible says all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is by the voice of God. God is the author of this book, and then there are 40-something writers to get it down on paper. He is the author. This is His Word. You have a question concerning direction? It's found in the Bible. You have a question concerning relationships? Guess what? It's in the Bible. Everything that you need to know for life and for godliness is right here in the Scriptures. And so I want you to know today that there really is a problem with seeking signs. You know, are we supposed to be seeking signs or are we just supposed to be paying attention to what, already, what he's already put into place? I think he's already given you everything that you need. In fact, there are three things, three issues that I want to give you out of this passage today that I think is important, especially if you're one of those who say, well, I mean, if that's what God wants me to do, then he's got to part the Red Sea to get me there. You know what that means, don't you? That means I don't want to do that. <laughs> and God's got to force my hand. Let me tell you this, he's not going to do that. He's not. I promise you he is not. He is not going to force your hand whatsoever. He wants you, as an act of faith, to obediently follow Him. So that leads us then to these three things today. Number one, I want you to see that demanding a sign does not prove belief. Demanding a sign does not prove belief. Sometimes people will say, well, I mean, if they're asking the Lord to, 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 to have some great miraculous sign, then boy, they must, be a, they must be a real believer. Demanding a sign doesn't produce belief. It doesn't prove belief. In fact, I think it's the other way around. I think it proves disbelief. I think it proves doubt. I think it proves a number of other things. In fact, you find several people clamoring around Jesus throughout the Scriptures, continually asking a sign, so to speak. In fact, you're here in Luke chapter number 11. And, uh, I know we're starting today in verse number 29, but back up a little bit and look at verse number 16. You remember what happened back then? It says, And others, testing him, asked him for a sign. They're not interested in what he can do. They're not looking for belief, are they? They're testing Jesus. They're trying to trick Jesus. There is, uh, in Matthew's account, uh, Matthew tells us a little bit more in this story than we have in ours. Look, look in verse number 29 for a minute. 
It begins by saying this, while the crowds were thickly gathered together. Can you imagine this throng of people around Jesus? And now he begins to teach and teaching specifically about faith and about obedience and about these signs. It says this, while they were thickly gathered together, he began to say, what that means? It means that Luke is not really interested in giving you everything that Jesus says in that thickly uh, crowd that's there. Instead, he begins to say these things. These are the things that he wants to get across to that crowd. So he leaves out a few of those details that really didn't serve his particular purpose, but Matthew gives us those things. And Matthew says that the scribes and the Pharisees Listen, it says, some of the scribes and Pharisees answered Jesus saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. If you read from King James, it says, Teacher, we would see a sign from you. In other words, they are demanding that Jesus show them some great sign, some miracle in, in, in their case, so that they might believe. It just doesn't work that way, does it? Notice how Jesus answers them. You can look in Luke right here for this answer. Here's Jesus' answer. Same thing in Matthew that you'll find right here. He says, he began to say, this is an evil generation. This is an evil generation. I want to tell you something. If If Jesus would call their generation evil, what in the world would he call our generation? You know? But notice in the passage, it's not, he's not talking about the culture, is he? He's not talking about how backwards we have become. He's not talking about our sinfulness. He makes a connection between two things. And he says this, look at your verse. He began to say, number one, this is an evil generation. And here's the connection. This is, what, this is why he refers to them as an evil generation. It seeks a sign. Do you know the way that Jesus proposes our sign seeking is not to look at us and say, oh my goodness, Tim's got great faith. <laughs> Tim's asking me to, do a, to, to, do, to perform a miracle. Man, Tim must have great faith. I didn't even realize. Can you imagine God said, I didn't realize Tim had such great faith. No, that's not what he says at all. He says, this is an evil generation. It seeks after a sign. What they're demanding is authentication of Jesus' message. It's the same thing. The Jews continually had a problem with this. So much so that in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, Paul writes and says, The Jews seek after a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Listen to how he finishes that verse. He says, Jews seek after signs, Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. In other words, what he's saying is, it is enough. If you think that some great sign is going to give you faith in Christ, it's not. God doesn't work through those signs for that reason. Instead, he uses, the Bible says, the foolishness of preaching. He says, for the Jews who are looking for a sign... (laughs) the cross of Jesus is the power of God. He says, for the Greeks who are looking after wisdom, the cross of Christ is the wisdom of God. 
The only thing that he gives to us is the one thing that we really need, and that's Jesus. No matter what you're looking for, no matter what you're looking for in terms of direction or confirmation of your beliefs, Jesus is the fulfillment of all those things. So what he's saying is this, stop looking around at everything else and focus your attention on Jesus. All those signs that you're looking for, every sign that he wants you to have has already been given. Yeah, but Tim, what about the... Bible talks about the signs of the times. Yeah, but it doesn't ask you to look for them. I mean, to ask for them, does it? It just says to look out for them. He is sending the signs when he wants to send those signs. And those things should lead us down a path of belief. But my demanding that is not. Instead, Jesus says no. He just says no. That leads me to number two. Not only is demanding a sign not prove belief, but displaying a stunt, <laughs> that does not produce belief. You know, I, I look at that and, and, and think about all those times that people have asked Jesus for a sign. And if you go through your gospel, what you'll discover is this. Every time that somebody comes and demands that Jesus perform a sign, he never concedes to that. Never. Wouldn't you think that if those signs led to belief, that he would do it? I mean, maybe you look at this passage and you say, come on, Jesus, why don't you just give him a sign? I mean, after all, it's not hard for you. You know, just, just perform a trick. Do some kind of stuff. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a big one. Just give them something to pacify them, and then they will believe. No, they won't. They won't. Remember the old commercial that said, this is not how any of this works. <laughs> this is not how any of this works. It's not that I need some sign so that I might obey. It's the other way around. I'm called upon to act in faith and obey God at whatever direction that I do understand. And then he begins to open up reasons. Then he begins to answer prayers. Then he begins to do what only he can do. And it does help my belief then. Let me give you a good example. There's some people who will say, you know, when it comes to tithing, I mean, if, if God would just, I don't know, let me win the billion-dollar lottery, you know, if God would just move on my boss to give me a raise, if God would just send a windfall my way, then I'll tithe. That's not, that's not how any of this works. He says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So what the sign seeker is saying is, you say you want me to bring all the tithes into the storehouse, show me a sign that I should give 10%. Show me a sign that I should give some kind of an offering and bring that into the storehouse in our modern day into the church house. And if you will show me, then I will do it. Malachi 3.10 says this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. 
Prove me now in this, says the Lord. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing on you that you cannot receive it. The sign seeker says, open the windows, Lord. Open the windows and pour out the blessing. And if you bless, then I will follow through with obedience. What God is saying is, you have to prove me. You believe in what I'm telling you to do. You obey, you obediently give. You're approving me. And I promise you, I will open up the windows of heaven and bless you if you will simply be obedient in that area. That's how it works. See, the sign seeker is looking for a shortcut. They don't want to pay the price of belief. They don't want to pay the price of faith. They don't want to pay the price of obedience. They just want the blessing of God. And what does the Bible say? Look back again at verse number 29. Jesus says, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign. And then he says this, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. We're going to get into that one in just a minute. Did you see what he's saying? You're asking for a sign? You say, teacher, we want to see a sign. And the teacher says, no. No. I'm not going to give you a sign. The signs that you have are signs that are already there, right there in the Scriptures, ready for you to believe. So demanding a sign is not going to do it. Him displaying some kind of stunt is not going to do it. You know, back in, um, back in Luke chapter number 8, Jesus cast a demon. He cast demons out of this person. The Bible says that he called his own name Legion because he had so many demons inside of him. Do you remember what happened? They didn't. When Jesus cast out those demons, they went in the swine. The swine went and, you know, ran over the, ran over the cliff. The people didn't fall down and worship him. They didn't say, my goodness, we have seen a miraculous sign. This must be the Messiah. They didn't do that, did they? Listen to what the Bible says out of Luke chapter number 8. It says, then the whole multitude, you know who that is? That's everybody. Everybody. The whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked Jesus to depart from them for they were seized with great fear. They didn't believe. They simply were afraid. Asking for a sign is not going to bring about faith. Jesus performing a miracle is not designed to bring about that kind of faith. By the way, you're here in, in, uh, in Luke chapter number 11. It hadn't been very many verses ago, back in, I think it's verse number 14, where, where Jesus... Cast a demon out of somebody. Did they fall down and worship him? No. What did they say? They said, oh, he cast out demons by Beelzebub. They gave credit to Satan. They didn't even give credit to God himself. Jesus is not going to give in to their demand for some miraculous sign. If they did, I mean, if he did, they would just want more proof. Essentially, that's where you are in verse number 29. 
They've seen the signs. They've seen the miracles. They've seen the things that have pointed to Jesus as Messiah. And now what do they want? They want something else. They want something bigger. They want something greater. Why can't you believe God just simply for what He says? Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.